This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Well, good afternoon, everyone. <clears throat> Why do people pray? Well, all sorts of reasons, but essentially it's part of re religious uh, observance. So play, prayer is closely linked with, re with religion. But what is religion? Now, the Cambridge Dictionary uh, states religion is belief in and worship of God, of a God or gods, or any such uh, system of belief and worship. But it's clear that men still try to define religion as if it was something universal to mankind and in a sense it is. A phrase that seems to cover all religion is this definition. In a sense, is a sense of the sacred inherent in every one of us, in every human being, that there is something that is greater than oneself well, this seems to be the case, evidenced by such a spectrum of religions within the world. The need to worship something seems to be inherent in us all, whether it's this age of human, humanism, the worship of man himself in this age of the selfie, or as human history determines, the pagan deities of man's imaginations, or as this talk is Bible-based, the God of Abraham presented to us throughout the whole pages of Scripture. So to pray touches the sacred in life, an evidence, for example, by some of the major uh, religions of the world. The Jews, of course, pray. And it is important, I think, to mention the Jews, as salvation comes from the Jew, uh, Jews, and, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ himself was a Jew. Now, the BBC website says of the Jews that prayer builds a, a relationship between God and human beings. Well, this was certainly true of the Lord Jesus Christ, who constantly prayed to his Heavenly Father, and sometimes right throughout the whole of the night, praying to a separate personality, i.e. his Heavenly Father. And the BBC website mentions three different sorts of prayers the Jewish people use all of them. They are prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of praise, prayers asking for things. And I think we can understand and, and accept these elements and understand them and they are present in the religions of the world to some degree uh, or other. But we've got to be careful. We've got to look at the beliefs of the religions of the world and let our intellect and logic come to play when we consider these things in a speech J.F. Kennedy had this to say about truth itself that we need to recognize it amongst delusion or illusion and so he says the great enemy of truth is very often not the lie deliberate contrived and dishonest but the myth persistent persuasive and unrealistic too often we hold fast to the clichés of our forebears. We subject all facts to a prefabricated set of interpretations. We enjoy, he says, the comfort of opinion without the discomfort of thought. 
And that statement in blue, I think, is so true to life. You will be listening to ideas that might seem to you as nice ideas, but you also may see them as someone else's opinion, my opinion. As JFK is intimating, there is comfort in allowing others to think for you. But the challenge is to find out these nice ideas for yourselves from the Bible. Now the Apostle Paul, a man of, a man of prayer himself, preached on one occasion to an intellectual group of Greeks and foreigners in Athens who spent nothing else, we're told, but to hear and to tell of something new, some new philosophy or story. And they fell into the trap of the persuasive myth. Greek uh, mythology, Greek philosophy is the term used these days, which often penetrates into various aspects of our own lives, even today. And there were three responses to the preaching of the Apostle Paul. Outright rejection, and those who said, we will hear about this on another occasion. Happy for them they were happy to rest in the comfort of opinion. And then there were a few, just a few, who responded, seeing no discomfort in thought and reason, who joined and believed because they had seen the truth as a beacon of light in a sea of myths and legends. And the challenge is to find out for ourselves if these things are true and not merely my opinion. Now Ganesh is the most revered of the Hindu gods believed as the master of prosperity and spiritual power it is said that he removes obstacles and the prayers or offerings to him are believed to ensure success wealth and prosperity and on the screen you see the believers in worship and prayer honouring the god by dressing up their household effigy and yet it is we who need to be clothed upon so says the Apostle Paul that mortality might be swallowed up of life a nice idea but the challenge is to follow the Bereans to whom Paul preached in the first century who received the word with eagerness but who examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so they used their intellect they used their powers of intellect they examined this the message they heard and did not rely on what Paul said and the same applies to anything that I might say this afternoon to be clothed upon with mortality immortality rather is an essential part of the Christian message to live bodily in a rejuvenated earth nice thoughts yes but these things are not the imagination of human minds Buddhists pray, and according to Tibetan Buddhist belief, spinning a prayer wheel is just as effective as reciting the sacred texts aloud. The prayer wheel is also useful, as you can see, for illiterate members of the lay Buddhist community, since they can read the prayer by ter turning the, the wheel. And then we're used to seeing these sort of flags floating on these uh, television programs from time to time. Now, traditionally, prayer flags are used to promote peace, compassion, strength, and wisdom, the flags do not carry prayers to the gods as perhaps you'd think 
Rather, the Tibetans believe the prayer and mantras will be blown by the wind to spread the goodwill and compassion in all pervading space. Therefore, prayer flags are thought to bring benefit to all. Now, my son at one time lived next door to a Buddhist, and you could hear him through the wall at certain times of the of the day reciting his mantras mantras, and witnessing to his devotion Buddhists look for an inner peace and yes there is an inner, pe inner peace Jesus spoke of it but of that later they are, they, these Muslims are believers in the one God the, the, the one God of Abraham whom the Jews themselves revere and who stated his position clearly back in the Old Testament and confirmed by the Lord Jesus Christ that the first commandment says Jesus is Hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and herein lies a reason to pray to touch the divine the great creator of the earth and mankind and of course you have to have faith that this wonderful earth of ours was created, was designed, just didn't happen by chance. For the modern myth or theory of evolution would seek to persuade us otherwise. And I think myself, again it's opinion, it takes a greater faith to think of the intricacies of, uh, of DNA that they just evolved. But again I said, I think, is it just my opinion or is it backed by scripture? So if in nothing else in this talk, why do people pray? The challenge is to look at the Bible for yourself and the Bible message and note the numerous times that, the, that God is stated to have been the creator. There, there, if nothing else, there is consistency. Christians also pray. And Jesus gives his, his advice. Therefore I say, tell you that whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you of his trespasses. So the prayer is for forgiveness of sin, confession, thanksgiving, but above all for the glory of God. And we read... And I'd like you to open your Bibles now at, uh, at John chapter 17, if you would. We read cha John chapter 17, which was the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ on his way to Gethsemane. A time when his prayer to his heavenly Father in Gethsemane was so intense. And in John chapter 17, Jesus is concerned for his followers. And we look at that in, uh, in verse 20 and 21. He says, neither pray I for these alone. And he's talking about his disciples that were with him at the time. But also those which should believe on me through their word. Through the things that are written down in scripture. For they are, that they may all be one. In, in mind and, and purpose. As thou father art in me and I in thee. That they also may be one in us that the world may believe that thou hast sent me now this photograph is taken 
in Poland. And it may not be immediately obvious to it, but that's a sculpture uh, of a... Um, of a, um, oh, I forgot the name of it now, a rosary, that's right. You may sort of sense it anyway. Some Christian denominations, notably Catholics, use the rosary as a means of citing in a certain order certain prayers. It is said that the rosary is a devotion to, in honor of the Virgin Mary. They also pray to canonize saints. But what are saints? simply followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus called them true worshippers who worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. And Christianity these days is so diverse. But has it always been the same? One Bible but many churches. That's a statement of reality but define logic for logic must raise the question, what then has happened? When did this diversity begin and move from the simplicity of the beginning of Christianity? Simplicity of first century Christianity. I haven't used the title the early church simply because the idea of the church changed to an organization of them and us, the clergy and the laity. So those who received the word, and this was on the occasion of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, so those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Baptized as adults, not relying upon opinion, opinion not, uh, but, but rather conviction, using their intellect. And here was the response of the Jews and the proselytes to the preaching of the, of the Apostle Peter who was citing scripture, scriptures that they knew well, scriptures they knew was divinely inspired, nothing to do with myth and legend. And so we're told that they devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching and their fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Couldn't have anything more simple than that. So they organize themselves in the fellowship of love, remembrance and mutual help with a true and simple understanding of scripture. Now written down uh, as a list of beliefs formulated in the early centuries of Christianity was the Apostles' Creed. And it says, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only son our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified uh, dead and buried the third day he rose from the dead he ascended into heaven and uh, sitteth at the right hand of the God the Father Almighty from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead I believe in the Holy Spirit the F Holy Catholic Church the communion of saints the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body and life everlasting amen amen now you'll notice on the screen there are a number of asterisks and I want to look at you if you can read the footnote at the bottom there it talks about the Catholic Church and all it really means in that context is universal Christianity it was just one faith one faith 
and it's a little, an omission there uh, really thrown into hell now hell in the first century Christianity simply meant the grave where we all go when we die but myth and legend has changed it into something horrific and nothing to do with scripture now in many Italian churches are, there are frescoes within the church depicting some certain scenes sometimes biblical ones and in this particular one the, it depicts the frescoes numerous of them depicts the, the hell of Christendom not I assure you the hell of the Bible and they're too horrific really to display uh, have human beings been terrorized by imaginary demons for eternity nothing to do with first century Christianity now God above all else is a God of mercy he also is a God of judgment and when he does make judgment it's not prolonged I wouldn't want to pray to a God depicted here in this particular church as it seems to me as vengeful by the way that Christian tradition has fallen for a myth as JFK uh, told us on an earlier slide what has happened what has happened to the simplicity of first century beliefs and practices it is for you to track down the change that has taken place from the simplicity of first century Christianity and here is a clue human philosophy it seems is more appealing than truth and when Christianity changed and incorporated paganized beliefs the result is never the truth and it's even present if you like in our architecture in amalgamation here we have a pagan temple on the left in Assisi used to facade a, uh, a church in effect it's the amalgamation of paganism with corrupt Christendom even in archaeology in, sorry architecture looking at the name of the church over Minerva as if to justify its use as a church Mary being greater than Minerva but that's the whole point of the first century Gentiles coming out of a pagan world not associating with paganism in any shape or form and the second photograph on the screen is that of the Pantheon which was dedicated in Roman times to the whole spectrum of Roman gods but what about prayer today we've spoken of touching the divine through prayer but here are some suggestions why people feel a need to pray today as they see the world in turmoil more than any time in history people are seeking answers to life's struggles problems challenges natural and man-made disasters are causing more and more stress in people like hurricanes earthquakes floods and of course a major one now is terrorism political and economic uncertainty over the withdrawal of membership from Europe that applies to us in this country and then there is the day to day struggle just to survive mind you it's not always going to be that difficult for the Bible talks of a future age when righteousness or doing things which are right and proper will be the order of the day why should we pray to God well Jesus did and left, left us a record of a model prayer 
Jesus taught his disciples to pray prayer was for Jesus a major part of his day to day worship now Jesus was praying in a certain place so he was already praying and when he finished one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray and John taught his disciples so they asked him could they teach him teach them to pray as they must have been able to see the reassurance that Jesus had and benefit that he had from his own prayer to his heavenly father and so we have the Lord's Prayer and we're very familiar with the Lord's Prayer and note that the prayer talks of God's kingdom to come and the Bible talks at length about a coming kingdom spoken of from this platform in detail on other occasions and the prayer adds that God's will will be done in earth as in heaven and that is still not fulfilled it's still future but it will be and Jesus benefited from his scriptures which were the Old Testament and these are the words of David you can see a similarity it was to this man David that God spoke of the reestablishment of David or more precisely that of God's kingdom and a coming king the Lord Jesus Christ on his return is to bring in that kingdom of peace and tranquility nice ideas but not to be accepted without some reading of your own faithful prayer is heard is what the apostle Peter says whoever desires to love life and see good days let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit let him turn away from evil and do good let him seek peace and pursue it whoever desires to love life and see good days surely that's all of us and the challenge is for us to be better it's in our own hands for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil and Jesus demonstrated in the parable of the persistent widow that men ought always to pray and not lose heart and Paul provides his own advice Jesus himself tells, tells us that those who are interested in inner contentment he says peace I leave with you that's his promise my peace I give you not as the world do I give it you which often is taken away again let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid and to know God has a purpose with the earth and mankind that we can be part of it is in itself a greater assurance that sense of contentment and reassurance and a purpose of life is surely a good answer to prayer and Jesus is not asking us to hide ourselves away like in a monastery but to be aware of the consolation that comes with a faithful belief in God's future now here on the screen is Tintin Abbey in southern Ireland a sister monastery to Tintin Abbey in Gloucestershire and here in uh, Ireland it's certainly a beautiful spot all abbeys existed essentially for prayer 
it was said that the main purpose of a monk's life was the service of God by prayer and the framework of his day was a series of eight services in the Abbey Church such places were exclusive to the monks who lived there mainly in isolation but that wasn't the intention of the Lord Jesus Christ if you want, if you've still got your Bibles open in John chapter 17 look at verse 15 and 16 he says I do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one that is to say take the world out of them they are not of the world just as I am not of the world but Jesus did speak of a house of prayer it wasn't a monastery where people hid themselves but it was for all nations here is a futuristic artist's impression of the, the details that are mentioned for is in the prophecy of Ezekiel when these details are, are put forward and this is still yet future the faithful will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples in his time Jesus deplored that the temple of his day in Jerusalem had become a marketplace his accusation was this that these are his words and he was teaching them their money changes and so on and saying to them is it not written my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations but you've made it a den of robbers and so they had but God's intention is for this coming temple to be for all nations Jews and Gentiles and just as Jesus condemned Jewish worship in his day he will do the same for those for failing and corrupt Christianity and central to this worship and coming kingdom is Jesus the Messiah as king priest to whom the, the world one day will pay homage paying homage here we have a, a potentate of the east someone paying homage to him for we will all stand before the judgment seat of God says the apostle Paul for it is written as long as I live says the Lord every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to the Lord and that is cited for us from Isaiah 45 and here is Paul's uh, letter to the Philippians stating that the authority that God had has now been extended to his son God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow so one day soon the kings of the earth will pay homage and yet we can do so now by being content within the knowledge and the certainty that is from God something through prayer and thanksgiving we can find out, find out for ourselves so this is the Lord strong and mighty king of glory the Lord Jesus Christ and this extract is taken from Psalm 72 as you see all the kings shall fall down before him all nations shall serve him for he will deliver the needy when he crieth and the poor that he hath no helper he will have pity on the poor and needy and the souls of the needy he will save 
He will redeem their soul from oppression and violence and precious will their blood be in his sight and they shall live. And to him shall be given the gold of Sheba and men shall pray for him continually. They shall bless him all the day long. There shall be abundance of grain in the earth upon the tops of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon. That's a wonderful prospect to come. But why do people pray? Because of an acceptance of something greater than themselves. But it has to be a sense of real knowledge and understanding of truth rather than myth and legend that JFK said. But here is the challenge that once you've found and are convinced of the simple teaching of the Bible and the beliefs of the first century Christianity then the further challenge is for us all to be ready for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ as King of Kings. Concerning that day or that hour no one knows, not even the angel of heaven nor the Son but only the Father. And so be on guard, keep awake for you do not know when the time will come. And these amongst the last statements of the Lord Jesus Christ he says he Jesus who testifies to these things says surely I am coming soon amen and we have these words which we express in prayer to our heavenly father come Lord Jesus we hope you enjoyed that talk for more downloads information about what we believe and details of our meeting times go to our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk.com